Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 438. This is the Lions with a thriller. And it's the official Detroit Lions podcast for part of Reddit, the important part. I'm your dashing host, Chris. And with me is the most glorious, beautiful, wonderful, sexy man, my co-host, Jeff the Riz. Riz, and how are you doing, brother? Uh, I am working through some internet issues, but I'm having fun otherwise. So let's let <laughs> let's uh, let's kick this off before uh, before weird more more weird things happen here. <laughs> I, I got you. We got the the gods of uh, who knows maybe the election is working against us. Who knows? <laughs> There's all the internet goes to the election today. Uh, in today's show, we're going to review the Packers game. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about. With that, we will revel in the agony of Green Bay because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. With that, we will. Talk about a difference in leadership. There's a significant difference in leadership between Aaron Rodgers, the Detroit Lions, what we've got going on there. And I think this is something that will be interesting to a lot of people. Also, we'll talk about fourth down decisions versus fourth down play calls. There's some interesting uh, stuff going there, some good stuff to talk about. We will all also look ahead to the Chicago Bears and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, my man, are you ready to go? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. I think we've got everything taken care of for you folks. Thank you. And thank you for being with us and bearing with us for all this. Perfect show. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. We'll get into a lot to talk about here. Um, boy, what an enjoyable, wonderful time it was to watch those Detroit Lions bull drag the Green Bay Packers today. Riz, how did you walk out of that game? I mean, we're, we're obviously unexpected. Um, although... If anybody read the um, oh, what's that thing called the the description, the show description from our uh, post game show? I wrote that on Saturday night, and it couldn't have been more prescient about what happened and how people reacted. It was real; it's really something definitely worth taking a look at. Um, but anyway, how'd you walk away from that game, Riz? <laughs> uh, I was happy that what what Dan Campbell and what Aaron Glenn specifically have been preaching to the players over and over again, just keep doing what you do. Don't stress out about it. Just, just do your jobs and good things will eventually happen. The ball will bounce our way at some point. And that finally happened and they were finally rewarded for that. And that that makes me very happy because that was the exact right message. Like you don't want to keep pressing you don't you don't want to get like get it in your head like oh we will never win a close game because we're going to do something bad. Yep. Like at some point the other team is going to have a worse day than you. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay had that. <laughs> and it it wasn't it wasn't entirely unexpected. Um I I did pick the, the Lions to cover the spread, but I it was one of those where I didn't expect them to win, but I kind of thought that they might, you know, and and you know, I, I was in studio uh, on Friday with Huge. Thanks, Huge, for, for having me in. I'll be the, in there again this week as well. 
And one of the things that, that we talked about was like, this is not a good Packers team. Like if we lose to this team, that's like badly, like that's a problem. Like this was a game where uh, we, we had a whole discussion about moral victories versus progress. This is a game where w- coming close w- w- would be progress and, and not coming close the way that, that was, you know, Miami, um, New England. Like that was going to be unacceptable because this is a bad football team. And that was proven out. And on Sunday, they were the worst football team. And that's, again, it's rewarding that the, the Lions finally got some of those bounces. Like, like Derek Barnes taking a facial and, and getting an interception out of it. Like, when was the last time that happened for the Lions and not against the Lions? Like, the, those little breaks that had, the, you know, the weird little things like that. They started to, to come for Detroit, you know, and, and like I, I talk about this all the time. Water finds its level, you know, in, in, in atmospheric science. Pressure is always trying to equalize from cold to warm. That's why you get wind. Um, the wind eventually blew in our direction and it, it was at our back for once instead of freezing in our face. And that was a very great feeling on Sunday. Second best blow of the week. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, for sure. The, the things went our way and, um, there's a couple things that happened. Look, the, the the Green Bay Packers aren't a good team, and they didn't play even up Ooh, to their mediocre. <clears throat> the Lions played well. They played well. Uh, well, we'll get into it. Let's, we'll do the review in a second. Let me get through. <laughs> Before we get into that, let's really quick just le- – let's just revel in a little bit of Aaron Rodgers' temper tantrum on t- live on TV. It was great. Like a child, like a man child. It was so good. Um, it was good. But I do have to hit the, the St. Jude thing that we have coming up. It's really, really big. Uh, December 9th and 10th, Friday and Saturday starts at 9 a.m. on the 9th. We're going to do a 24 hour broadcast. This is our third annual Christmas for the kids, raising money for sick kids and their families, trying to make life a little easier and a little better for them. Uh, We'll do our 24 hour show. We'll have a lot of great um, interviews. If you know anybody, you have a line with anybody in the Lions or anybody that has some national kind of draw and you think you could talk to them and maybe bring them on? Would love to. Would love to have them. If you have something you'd like to donate for the auction that we have, would love it. Would absolutely love it. Uh, hit me up, Chris, Detroit Lions podcast, or you can tweet, DM me on the Twitter, the whole kind of thing. Um, we we appreciate anything can go. the The draft, or I'm sorry, the auction will start on Black Friday. And it will go through the 24-hour show on the 9th and 10th of December. And uh, the auction will close out. We'll announce the people who who had the highest bids and who won the items and who's getting what. We have some really, really cool stuff. Full-size signed helmets. All kind of, thanks, Mitch Z. All kinds of really, really good stuff there. And plus whatever we can get donated from you folks to help us along the way. Um, it's going to be great. It is. And this is the year that we're going to crack the $100,000 raised for St. Jude wow. Mark, which is I never thought. I mean, it feels great. All you folks, man, $100,000 for such a great cause. Appreciate all you for helping us out on along the way here. So uh, December 9th and 10th, 24-hour show. The original, the one, the only, the first, not the copy, the real thing. Come on in and uh, check out and have some fun with us. We have a great time. We had um, years ago, we got uh, Dan Miller, uh, Jim Brandstatter, and uh, Tony Ortiz together. If you remember that last year, we got um, Wayne Fonts yeah, got with it. Herman Moore and Lomas Brown together. They get the old last team to win a uh, playoff game for the Lions together. It's, fa- it's fantastic. We love to put stuff like this together. So we'll see. We'll see what we get this year. We're going to try to put something like that together with your help. As always, it's, it's a community show. So we appreciate all that you guys do to help us go. Uh, with that, quick one to say thank you for the subscription. Troy Nelson, uh, and let's get into this Green Bay Packers game. Riz, um, Aaron Rodgers was a story, 
And this is a, he's he's a good quarterback. I mean, there's no question he's he's a good quarter. He's a great quarterback. Uh, and I hate that he's the second great quarterback that the Green Bay Packers have had in a row. It's not fair. There's something wrong with the universe. That you know the cosmic world is lined up against everybody. But they, they have only pulled two Super Bowls out of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, so that's something to write home about. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a bad day. But I think the, the key of the day was, even though they didn't punt, they didn't need to because he arm punted down in the red zone a number of times. Interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. He was close to a season's worth of interceptions for him. He threw three interceptions that were inside their red zone. Technically, the the last one wasn't technically a red zone interception because the snap wasn't in the red zone. And that's how the NFL calculates. But it happened inside the, the Lions 20 yard line. Yeah, he had a rotten day, and and the Packers fans and Packers faithful who are becoming more and more animated and agitated and angry all the time, and they should be, we're, we're, we're very quick to point out, even going into the game, look, our left tackle is hurt. Our, our offensive line is banged up. We're missing a lot of receiving talent. We're missing a lot of regulars on the defensive side of the ball. You know, to that I say tough toenails. Look at what Detroit's been going through. Look at look at all the injuries that have piled up for us. Look at all the injuries that have piled up in other places. It's not a valid excuse. You got to be able to play through it. And if you can't play through it, then that that's a sign that your team isn't deep enough. It's a sign that your team isn't talented enough. And uh, Aaron Rodgers was not good enough to overcome that. It doesn't mean that the Lions' defense didn't also play well because they did. They played a very good game. They were coached to a very good game by Aaron Glenn. Let's and I think, start I there. Think, let's start there. Yeah, Aubrey well, Pleasant. Well, yeah, okay. Let's Because let's, I've, I've got a couple of players in a row that I'm talking about, and I wrote them, and I got them down, and they were the ones that stood out to me. And it turns out they're all defensive players. Let's start out with the coaching change. Aubrey Pleasant. Now, and I will say, Aubrey Pleasant, I loved the man. He was a very, very wonderful guy. And I'll tell you even more. I met his dad at training camp. His dad was the coolest. He sat at the side while we hung out and talked, and it's – People come up and talk to me, and I'm not blowing my own, you know, whatever. But they, hey, love the show, that kind of thing. It's really, I appreciate everyone who does that. It means a, a great deal. I don't live and die for the EP, right? That's not my thing. But the folks that do recognize us and say, hey, great show, appreciate it a lot. It really does mean a lot. But so we sat there and talked and, and talked about training camp, you know, the the day at training camp, the whole thing. And everything finished up, and this wonderful gentleman came walking down. Older guy was by himself. And he came down and he said, hey, I really enjoy you guys' show. I really appreciate what you guys do. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, we talked a little bit. And I said, so what's your name? He said, Gardner. Gardner Pleasant. I was like, nice, nice to meet you. And he had about four steps down the way. I'm like, Gardner Pleasant, what? <laughs> and it hit me. It was Aubrey's dad. Aubrey's dad. And just a kind gentleman, right? Just a wonderful person. And Aubrey's a great dude, too. So that being yeah. said, right, football's football. People are people, and and you got to be able to separate. So Aubrey Pleasant's gone, and the team performed. The, the the secondary absolutely came out and performed. You'll see that with a head coaching change. We saw that when Bevel happened, and we we talked about that. The Lions have had plenty of. We fired a coach mid season, and then you get the bounce back thing. Do you think this is bounce back, Riz, or do you think this is there's something more to this? I, I do think there's something more to it, and I don't want – and this is not – again, as you said, this is not an indictment of Aubrey Pleasant or his coaching skills. Nope. He wasn't having a good year, um, and I think he would probably acknowledge that. But the changes that happened also coincided with a couple of personnel changes 
and they also coincided with the Packers being the opponent. And what excites me, we'll, we'll I'll jump ahead away a little bit here. The Bears receivers don't scare me at all. The Packers receivers didn't scare me at all. And I think that's a great time to make this sort of a change where you're going to see positive improvement simply because you're playing the two worst passing offenses on your schedule in a row yeah. right after you make this change. Like that's that's fortuitous timing. Jerry coming back certainly helped. We'll talk about Jerry. I got, yeah. you know, um, oh, man, I got a Jerry boner. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more <laughs> to that. But there were a couple of things. Will Harris playing the slot specifically against Green Bay was a fantastic matchup for Will. Yeah. And he played well. Yep. Yep. And Mike, Mike Hughes coming back and playing outside, and he and Jerry sort of, sort of shared that role. Uh, I, I thought Mike Hughes played well. Um, he needs to be outside. He is not a slot corner. I know he's small. Like, but he's, he's, a, he's a small outside corner. Ask Kansas City, ask Minnesota. He's not a slot guy, and they've been playing him there before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think those things helped. I'm going to say that the linebacking core being where it was last, like two good games in a row from Alex Anzalone. That's not something that you've counted on. And I thought you know, we got the best of Derek Barnes with the best he's ever played. That was an unexpected boon. And then you, you got safeties. My God, Kirby Joseph growing up into a, into a pro bowl player before our very eyes. Like uh, That's all. It's coincidental, but it's also I, I'm not sure. And again, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to Aubrey Pleasant. I'm not sure that that would have all happened if he was still there. I think Dan Campbell's point that the messenger needed to change was very accurate. They, they just it wasn't happening with, with with what Aubrey was telling those guys. Yep. It, like other than with Jeff Okuda, it wasn't really resonating with the players very well. And and again, that that's that's not to say that Aubrey Pleasant isn't a good coach, and you know the the, the players were tuning him out at all, or because that that's that's not. I, I hope that's not the interpretation that of what I'm saying there. It's more of you know, the change needed to happen just to change, to change something up. Yeah. Like it wasn't working. What what he was doing wasn't working with what the players that he has were. And the change was good. In, you know, aside from the shock value, because I do think that it. The message that the players got out of it was like, holy crap, we're playing so bad that we got a good man fired. Mm -hmm. And that that's absolutely the way that was received in the building. And that's probably the message that they needed to have. Um, we, we just cost a good man and a good coach his job because we were playing like crap. And that's the message that they needed. And, and if that's that's the catalyst for them playing that much better, uh, you know, good on Campbell for, for making the tough decision. Yep, yep. And so, <clears throat> so Detroit fan man, but was it Jacob's return or Pleasant's termination? Just like last year, was it Decker replacing Nelson or Lynn's termination? I think it's more Jimmy Joe's rather than coaching, but it's, this is persuasive. I think it's an, a yes. It's all of the above. above. It's a combination of, uh, of those things. But with that, I want to talk about Jerry Jacobs first because Jerry Jacobs is a superstar. And he's he's a superstar in the Jerry making. He had a game. <laughs> people are, I saw people arguing about it on Twitter. And, and Riz, you know, picked him out, picked him out early i mean right off the top and um before training camp even started right we we're talking otas we were talking to him and trying to get him on the show in may um we saw it the guy had it we had him on the show in mid-july yep. um but we actually it, it was my son's birthday we had him on july 18th that we had him on the show that day 
Um, I was in a hotel room in Augusta, Georgia, while my son was playing EYPL basketball, and I ducked out for a little bit. And remember, there was a dog trying to come through the door, and Jerry's like, "Somebody got to control their pit bull." <laughs> so yeah, we've we've been with Jerry for a long time. Yep, the original we were originally supposed to come on in May, and then some things happened. But Jerry, let me just talk about what Jerry did out there for folks that didn't see it. Okay, um, Aaron Rodgers was zero and four thrown against him. Uh, he had one pass defended, three solo tackles, a tackle for a loss, a PI that was a hold, um, third best coverage on the team, scored 15 points higher than Okuda on PFF, and at halftime, he talked smack to Aaron <laughs> and introduced him to the seatbelt gang, and, and it's it's funny because he's like, you ain't throwing on me, don't throw on me. He's like, yeah, you're doing good. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, keep it up. Okay, okay. And oh, yeah, what about get a jersey sign? <laughs> <laughs> First rule of sales, man. You don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Jerry's, Jerry's, he is an absolute personality. I love him. He's funnier than hell. But Jerry out there came in. Again, we're talking about a UDFA guy coming off uh, uh, an ACL injury and and outplaying Okuda, who, look, we, we could give him shit for, for the uh, the own goals, you know, hitting his, doing the Lewis Delmas missile plays. But the reality was Jeff Okuda is out there banging heads, messing people up, and he's been playing great this year. For Jerry to step on the field after that injury, I'm going to tell you, Lions fans, you should feel really, really good about what we have at cornerback if that's the kind of play we're going to get out of these guys on an ongoing basis because Jerry and Jeff are a hell – I told you, I told you. I told you people when Jerry came back, the outside corners, this is going to be great for the Detroit Lions for a long, long time. You saw the competence in, and this is something that I talked about early in the season when, when we were looking at defensive changes that needed to happen. Don't let guys get clean releases, especially if they're trying to get inside. And while it wasn't Okuda's best game, you saw him control the release. Like, okay, you want to go around me to the outside, that's fine. And that, that is something that's, a, that, that's an Aaron Glenn emphasis is controlling the release, whether it's inside or outside, whatever they want to do. They don't want guys to get clean releases. What happened in the last game and why, why is Aubrey Pleasant no longer here? Because his guys didn't do it. They, they either had the MAs, the, I talked about it in the, the video that I did, the missed assignments that Dan harps on, or they just didn't try. And that's, that's, that's even worse. Yeah. That's the way like Jerry did a good job of it. Uh, Will Harris, uh, again, I'm going to, I'm going to give Will a lot of credit. Will oh, Harris yeah, yeah. jamming out of the slot and disrupting the timing. Because one of the things that we, we've all seen Green Bay's offense, we know what they like to do. They like to run their inside guy to set a screen for the outside guy to get him open coming somewhere. Will didn't let that guy get to that. Like they couldn't set those picks and rubs because Will Harris played his balls off on the inside. And for, for people who've watched the show for a long time, they know I've been a very harsh Will Harris critic. That was that was a phenomenal game for Will. He was the right man for the job specifically on Sunday. And that made me very happy to to, to write and say nice things about Will Harris because he's a great guy. Um, and I wish that he was a great player. And it's, we finally got glimpses of like, man, he, he had a great game. This is and what that they're helped, in That it. helped everything. And you saw you saw how much that helped Jerry and how much it helped Jeff and how much it helped Kirby Joseph not have to worry about like, okay, I don't have to go with this guy because, you know, Will's here. Like Jerry's out here. I can play some, I can play some center field. I can go pick a ball off. I can take a risk or two. And that, that playing freedom, we saw what that did. Like that was, it was, it was like watching Glover Quinn. It really was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's funny because when, when we first interviewed Kirby as, as we being the Lions media, 
in his first media session in, in training camp, we asked him, like, what do you know about the Lions? And, and he brought up Glover Quinn as, like, one of his favorite players to model his game after. Uh, and that, like, we kind of thought that it was maybe a bit of a line. But, man, if you watched him Sunday, like, you were looking at Glover Quinn circa 2016, 2017. Like, yeah. he's got it, man. Yeah. Um, and, and Glover Quinn, by the way, didn't, didn't play safety until he got to Detroit. In Houston, he was a cornerback. When yep. he was at New Mexico, he started out as a wide receiver, transitioned to cornerback. Yep. Uh, you, you can see that that parallel growth like that. Yeah. I'll tell you, and I apologize, everyone. My voice, my throat's like sandpaper tonight, so i got some throat drops, and I'm trying to keep it lubricated here. Um, but Always just, <laughs> um, Jeff Okuda, Jerry Jacobs, great pair out there. Just impressive. Love to see Will Harris do what he did. It was just spectacular to see how he was able to uh, play in that slot corner to see that kind of ceiling piece. And I don't know if that's a ceiling, but see him above where he's been playing and really to be able to put himself out there and do that. Um, questions for Jerry. Um, we'll have him. We'll have him on. I, I would, I would, I would bank. I mean, he said he doesn't do any other podcast, but us, but uh, I would bank on him seeing him once around St. Jude. And we'll talk about all kinds of Jerry stuff. He's he's such a great guy. I would I would bank on maybe having an opportunity to bid on some Jerry stuff and get your uh, your Jerry stuff going. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, if you want to get your you want to rep Jerry in the meantime, get your seatbelt gang stuff. Seatbeltgang.com. Seatbeltgang.com. Got the 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 tumblers, the shirts. The I mean the whole ball of wax. It's all there. All going to help uh, local charities. Had a little bit of a break just because people weren't seeing Jerry and kind of forgot what was there. And now suddenly people remember who Jerry is and what he can bring. And uh, the seatbelt gang is back in town. Saw CJ Moore snap that belt on. You know what's going on. Everybody is getting in the seatbelt gang. Seatbeltgang.com. Get your stuff now. All right. Uh, Jeff Okuda out there played well. Played played very well. Um, I didn't, other than the the Lewis Delmas missile effect, um, he was, I, 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 I've, I'm I'm high on Jeff Okuda. It wasn't his best game of the season, but it was by no means a bad game by Jeff Okuda. Oh yeah, he played he played well. Yeah, well yeah. enough. Well enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's for dang yeah. sure. Yep. <laughs> so he's good. Another guy I want to talk about Jeff Pascal. Oh God, Josh Pascal. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, um, it was Jeff Okuda. Josh Pascal. <laughs> They're both Jays. What do you want from me? Um, so fourth most pressures for a rookie this season. Hutch had six in week two, and Hutch is tied with two others. So there's three people tied for six. He had five pressures, Josh Pascal, in his – was this his second game back or was it his third game back? Third, yeah, third I'm game. confused. Game from member's name. Can't remember how many games. Three games, and he's already out there just crushing it. I mean, there's this is a hell of a story. Josh is just – again, He very much like Jerry. He just shows up from injury, and he just starts crushing heads. He just starts pounding people. And uh, to come out game three, his rookie season, and have the what's effectively the second highest count for pressures in the league for rookies, great to hear. Great to hear. What a great pick for the Lions and another great Brad Holmes checkbox checked for moving things forward. So far, so good. And this is one of those where we we a lot of us preach you got to be patient man like like i i liked pascal um I, I was never on the levi pick but i liked josh pascal a lot coming out of kentucky i thought he was a great fit for how the lions use they don't really call it an edge anymore that it is a 4-3 defensive end but his ability to win heads up or heads up over a tight end or a wide nine 
Like he can, he can win from all those. He can also attack inside and Hutchinson can do the same on the other side. When you've got two guys that you're, they're unpredictable in how they're going to rush on any particular play, but they're also disciplined in getting there. Um, I saw one play where Hutchinson lost edge contained and Aaron Rodgers ran for a, a nice game. Mm-hmm. And I saw one play where Pascal overran and allowed Rodgers to step up and back in and make a throw um, because he got pushed too far out wide. For that to only happen twice against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, like you're not, you're not going to have a perfect game against them. You're just not. That's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. If your rookies are only taken out of position where it can get exploited by arguably the greatest quarterback of the 21st century twice in a game, you'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, <clears throat> I think it's um, really good news seeing what we have from our guys. Um, I, I'd, I'd say for the kids, for the kids out there, you know, uh, Brad Holmes be bussing and Brian Gutekunst is cap. <laughs> so there you go. Don't know what you just said. I know. <laughs> no idea. Oh, man. It's fun stuff. All right. Pascal out there. Josh Pascal out there killing it. Um, Loving it, loving it, loving it. Uh, let's get to Kirby Joseph. He was the guy. He was he was a love of the week. People came out just sw- screaming his name, loving his name. And um, I just want to do one quick quote, quote from Kirby on his Insta. To be honest, I just been farting. Y'all ain't seen shit yet. <laughs> what a horribly awesome quote. <laughs> Kirby and I are spirit animals. <laughs> yes, 100%. Uh, when, when that first got posited into our Patreon Slack, the smartest uh, conversation, smartest last conversation on the internet, join it for $5 a month. Do it. You want to be there. Uh, and a couple of people have joined this week, and they haven't quit instantly, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, it, It's worth it. It's it, Come on in. And like when it first got posted in there, anyways, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like somebody's Photoshop because – like I'm not good at picking out what's photoshopped. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a bit of a luddite there, but I, so I went. I actually went to his Instagram page, and indeed, it was there. Um, I am that guy, by the way, who does that. Like, if something gets posted, I'm not sure what it is. I will go to the original source to verify it. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. that's you know, journalistic principles. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I did check that out, and it was in fact real, and it was funny as yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the chat, gray. Um, yeah, those guys you're talking about, ask them why they don't pay their, ta- their, their talent, why so many people left because they didn't get paid. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Kirby's the rock and roll star. Love him. Holmes had a guy who would, who he would take at 46 and it was a dream to get him at 97 with Kirby and, and Kirby. We said there was no expectation for him to get on the field. He got on the job training for a couple of weeks and now we're starting to see what they saw in him and watching him grow. This is, this is spectacular watching him out there. And I think. Having Jerry out there and the the cornerback play the way it is, as you said earlier, gave him that room to roam, gave him the ability to go out there and and grab those grab those balls. <laughs> um, someone else to talk about. He, and, 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 so he got the two interceptions. I think his best play was actually the play where he broke up the pass over his head. That was a phenomenal. Like, and I thought. Um, by the way, the Fox crew, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, give me them every dang week. Burkhardt started slow. Then I realized that he was at the World Series game the night before calling it. Like, okay, I'll give you a little bit of slack on that, dude. Yeah. You probably didn't get much time to prep. Such a Kirby Joseph started that play standing right next to Josh Pascal at the line of scrimmage, sprinted down the field with their with their fastest receiver, and broke that play up. 
That that's a phenomenal play. That is not a play that we've seen in Detroit. And like, uh, look, we we are a Tracy Walker friendly podcast. Tracy Walker is not making that play. No, Kirby Joseph's making that play. Yeah, and you're right. I haven't heard anything about the commentators. Olsen is is uh, Romo tier, right? I love Olsen as a, as a commentator. They were great and. Lions fans don't get to see good commentators ever, but the Packers are the ones that drew them. Let's be honest. They drew them because it's just the way it is. And we got to experience some of the best commentating we've seen out of the Fox crews all years. Just take a moment and soak that in that we got that on a great day. Great day. We're going to get Chris Myers this week. Mm -hmm. I don't know that for sure. I haven't checked 506 yet, um, but I, it feels like a Chris Myers kind of game. <laughs> um, I want to talk about somebody that a lot of people haven't talked about. Hey, Patty Grimes, thank you for the subscription. Appreciate that. Um, Aiden Hutchinson. Everybody talks about him for, you know, first round pick, second overall, all that kind of stuff. But my guy got an interception. <laughs> my guy looked like the intended receiver on that interception. Hutchinson so, had another great game. And I, I just want to kind of point to all the f- folks and say, call them Bustinson earlier. I get you're mad at the team and the results and all that kind of stuff. But just just back off. Everything is is measured over time, especially in football. And you don't know what you're looking at until you get some time and see where things are. Aiden Hutchinson is not Bustinson. He's not a wasted pick. He's going to be great. And he's going to be great for a long time for the Detroit Lions, barring injury. So just... Just back the buses and stuff down. Be be. It's okay to be angry when they're when they're not doing well, but be angry in the right way for the right things. Just I don't know. That kind of bothered me because he never really was bad. He just got outplayed by multiple players generally. He's been far and away the best rookie pass rusher. Uh, it's not even close. Yeah. Like I <laughs> did, yeah. and uh, uh, so well, th- let's go back to that that interception play. Because that's a very telling play. It's sort of a tale of two cities there. You've got the Packers running a tackle-eligible play to David Bakhtiari, who was questionable for the game with a knee injury and clearly couldn't move at all. So their play design is let's send the injured tackle out, not our tight ends, not our wide receivers, not our running backs. And their running backs are very good receivers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Let's run this play to this. That's how that's how little that's how much disdain we have for this Detroit Lions. We're, we're gonna run this crap against you because you we think you're terrible. And Aiden Hutchinson sensed it as soon as he saw Bakhtiari leave. He's like, okay, sums up. And he dropped back, and it was an, it was a god awful throw from Aaron Rodgers because he was <laughs> under a little bit of pressure. Um, Rodgers didn't get any mustard on the ball at all, and Aiden Hutchinson went back and made a phenomenal play. Oh, by the way, Bakhtiari got injured; it aggravated his injury on that play, and spent almost the entire rest of the game riding the exercise bike. That's why Packers fans are so in flames about their team right now, and they should be. Oh my god, that's the kind of play though that in 2019 works against the Detroit Lions. In 2022, even with our defense as historically awful as it's been, and by the way, they're not anymore. Um, they're not on that pace anymore, thank God. <laughs> the, it, this is the kind of thing that, I, you know, I don't want to say this is going to turn a season around because it's not. Um, let's mm-hmm. not get, let's not break that Kool-Aid jug back out. Not yet, Still, but everything we're, we're, you can tell over time. Let's, let's not, let's right. not keep it. Let's not throw it away yet. 
But, no, no, but God, don't no, break it no. up. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, yeah, un- understand the context of the of the the win is that you just watched a Green Bay team get humiliated by the worst defense in the NFL and one of the three worst defenses in NFL history, and they know it. That and they know it. Yeah. And uh, look, I am not. So, and Chris, you know this about me. I am not someone who actively roots for bad things to happen to teams or mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain about what's going on with <laughs> my 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 uh, my eyes dry every time I hear about it. <laughs> there is no moisture. Um, yeah, and, and so so one of the things I, I I tweeted something out and I forget exactly what I said, but I basically said right after the game, like this was much more of a Packers loss than it was a Lions win, and it got taken poorly by a lot of people. And I, I, I get it was poor timing on my part. I'll acknowledge that. But it absolutely, like, as the more I look back at the game and the more I've done the film review, like, the, the Lions did play well. They're deep, they deserve credit. But my God, the Packers really, really played poorly. And they, they were more complicit in their loss than I've seen a team be complicit in their own loss in a long time. And I watched a shitload of football. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was a terrible team. And, and losing Rashawn Gary the way they did, losing, um, Aaron Jones went out of the game. Like, they, Christian Watson got got a in concussion protocol again. Yeah, that's that's Bad the news. third time, third time in eight games he's been in the concussion protocol. And the guy couldn't catch a ball before that. I mean, we talked about it in Senior Bowl, right? A lot of people. He was Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Terrible. We want Christian Watson. No, no, he can't hold on to a ball. Let it go. And you're seeing it. I mean, we we told you. You're, you're yeah. seeing what we saw and what we what we saw before Senior Bowl. What we saw there. Feel bad for the guy. No one deserves, oh, yeah, you know, the the, 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 yeah. the concussion, being in the protocol, any of that kind of stuff. But he's just not the player that we knew he wasn't the player. I want to talk about really quick the before we get into the misery of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay fans and the joy of watching everything cheese burn. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the play clock. And I want to just kind of we had somebody we were, at, you know, slack. The slack is everywhere. You can't do anything without the slack. No one. You, you can't close your <laughs> curtains. The slack is there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we had people at the game watching the clock. And um, I think what I need to do is what I want to do. I don't know if I'm going to have time. I never have time for anything anymore. But to go, you know, the little sky cam that flies around that shows the different views, the Madden view of the game, to be able to catch the play clock and the stadium clock and see how far off they were. Because we we heard from people at the stadium that there was one potential missed delay a game, but nowhere near like what we were talking about. And you can guarantee the Lions coaches would have been all over having an absolute meltdown if they had missed that many calls. The Fox clock, look, Fox screws up a lot of things in their broadcast, and the clock is one of them. It is absolutely unreliable what you see on TV. Why? I talked about this in the post game show. This is the kind of thing where a clock is the most objective thing in the world. And to try to make something objective subjective is when you don't have to. You watch any of the Olympic games with a clock, the clock is right on. They have the clock every single time synced perfectly. Why is it that they can't do it here? It has to be because they don't want to have it right. Why is that? Well, we're talking about the play clock, right? That's that's what it comes down to. I'll uh, I'll go take a look. I'll see if I can get that uh, that view and get some some looks at it. But uh, don't worry about the clock. Um, it's it's yeah, so that that was it. something that um, people who were at the stadium, like like you said, there was only one, and it happened to be the last one 
Um, the most critical one that was missed, but yeah, yeah. it was the third and 11. Yeah. Or third and 17, yeah. third and 17. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that was, that was weird. And, uh, and as I, as it got brought up in the Slack, remember in the old days when they used to have a camera that was trained on, on the, the clock, clock and they would superimpose yeah. it instead of having their own clock. Yep. Yep. What a good idea to go back to 1978 technology because Fox clearly can't handle the 21st century. No, no. They're 20th century Fox. Remember that. <laughs> yep. And and again, it's just like the, the play clock with um, having a buzzer for the ref. Absolutely. Right. That's all you have to do. And and still, we want to see it. We want the transparency of seeing it. It's the same thing with spotting the ball. I mean, if you guys look back to our senior bowl broadcast from last year with Zebra Technologies, there's an RFID chip in there. There's a chip in there and that ball is tracked exactly you, you can the track the point both points of the ball at, because there's one at each end how do you and think there's they, one in the middle how do you think they get they the can, next they, gen stats and the and the graphic of the ball flying through the air like that it's not somebody drawing a picture they have the data they can they can spot it what, what did he say within three millimeters mm-hmm. with like 99 percent accuracy yeah yeah with the the rfid chips uh yeah. and they're in there they 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 literally just have to turn it on and yeah. it'll work. Um, and it, it, they do field, te- they have field tested it in training camps and in preseason games. They didn't tell you about that. Yep. And we've talked they about, want you to know, right. We've talked to Dean Blandino about it and they, they, they said they want it as, you know, they're, they're trying to stick with tradition with a tr- chain gang and all that. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't have to be. It's, um, and by the way, they've had that technology for at least 12 years. Yep. And the NFL knows it. Yep. I work with a guy who used to work for Zebra, and um, he was he was involved with it was basically an inventory tracking system in warehouses years ago. That's what it was found nope. for, and they found a good place at the NFL. So time clock is what it is. I don't know. I'm not going to get um, get too worked up about it. I suggest you don't either, especially in a win. But it's it, it's the taking something objective and making it subjective is all, especially when they start bringing gambling in the way they have been. It always is a point to make you say. Hmm? You could be clear, clear. You could be transparent. Why aren't you? Why are you choosing not to be? And that's always the question. All right. Um, <clears throat> hey, thanks, Luke Brunskill. Uh, y'all got, got your all beautiful faces up on the big screen. You guys rock. No, no, Luke, you rock. Thank you. Uh, Can I say in- one quick thing about yeah. the defense to go back to that real fast? Yeah. Um, about the historical perspective, over the last three weeks, the Lions have um, been the number 17 scoring defense in the NFL over the last three weeks. That's a harsh improvement, big improvement from 32nd. Um, in fact, they are 10 points less per game than the team that has last over the last three weeks, which happens to be Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So they are getting better. <laughs> Steel Mon- Monville taking ownership is the highest form of maturity. And it feels like Aaron was having difficult taking time uh, ownership of this loss. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that because I think there's something that we saw that a lot of people didn't see from Aaron this week that sets apart sets him apart and is a real differentiator in leadership between the two teams. But our spies <clears throat> in the stadium and the Slack channel saw it and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get to the misery of Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay fans, and yes. the joy of watching it all burn. That's going to be my. <laughs> they are so due. They're due decades of of misery. But I'm going to start with the difference in leadership, and this is a really really simple thing that anybody could have saw, but it, I didn't hear anybody talking about it. Aaron Rodgers on the bench, always alone. Never ever sat with anybody, and he doesn't intentionally alone. Yeah, like dude, dude's coming to sit by him, and he will get up, move, and sit 
five feet away. That happened a lot. That'll fly. That'll fly if you win. But what you're seeing right now is the absolute meltdown of people that don't know what losing feels like, have never done it before. And when you have leadership based on this kind of thing, this is if this is the, the if Matt Patricia would have won. This it would have been this tenuous hold on the team. And the first time things went bad, it would have all crumbled. It would have all crushed. I mean, look at people were starting to turn on the coaching staff before this Green Bay game. But I mean, we're a season and a half in. We had four wins at that point, I believe it was. Um, not a whole lot of success. I'll tell you right now, if the, the the Green Bay Packers had lost as many games as the Lions had, that whole place, Lambeau Field, would be on fire. You could buy stock in that team for pennies. It would be just an absolute shite show. And, and that's what's going to come. That's going to that's that's what's going to come for as they fail, because we have now seen what is coming from this uh, this Green Bay Packers team. And I don't think that with the, I don't think LaFleur is going to survive. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to survive his contract. I don't think he'll, he, he's the kind of guy who'll give up, right? Um, I don't know what they can do because they're not going to get, there's just no way they're going to get another quarterback like that. Jordan Love ain't it, right? I don't Jordan, know. Jordan Love legitimately could not beat out Tim Boyle. I think we have a pretty good idea of who Tim Boyle is. And if Tim Boyle is better than you, you ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a situation where people who have been gifted the, the the Hall of Fame quarterback for so long are about to experience the land of Joey Harrington. And this is this is really incredible. This is a fan base. The meltdown, it, 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 it's going to be delicious. It's, it's going to be absolutely delicious to watch because they've not done it and they've been cheap in, in free agency. They don't know how to do it. Right. They don't know because they've always been able to rely on the fact that, hey, we've got Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. We have, you know, uh, Cobb before him. We have all these receivers and, and, and Aaron Rodgers. We can make anything happen. And Aaron has traditionally been a, a really, really smart guy within the game and then around the game, catching the 12 men on the field, getting the BS, you know, uh, long ball interference. I mean, he's he's just good at those kinds of things. There you go. Um, it's really going to be interesting as that just melts away because the whole organization doesn't know what to do. Not a single soul in that building, I think, knows what it was like to be an 80s Packers fan, right? I mean, not, I don't think any of them know what to do. And that we're not going to cry about that. Now, they're going to get shots. They're going to they're, they could wind up with Baker Mayfield. They could wind up with uh, Marcus Mariota because it seems like Atlanta, um, once they're not winning the NFC South anymore <laughs> um, and but by the way, they're four and five inside for first place, which is just insane to me. But, you know, uh, they're going to get a veteran in. I, I can't fathom them going with Jordan Love as the only quarterback option. They can have Tim Boyle back. He can go. That's, yeah, that's good. He can start for him. Um, <laughs> Please. The, the other thing with and, and I, I talked for a long time with somebody who was seated just behind the Packers bench. And he um, at my request only watched Rodgers on the sideline. Did, didn't actually watch the Lions play offense that much. He watched Rodgers. And coaches would come to Rodgers, and he would avoid them. Matt LaFleur walked to him one time. Rodgers took his hat off, put it back on, and walked away. Uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, the, the before their penultimate drive, not the last drive, but the one before it, that's what penultimate means, um, 
teach you guys some English today. Um, <laughs> he went to Aaron on the sidelines and Aaron turned his back to him, put his hands up like this and walked away. Like, like he wants nothing to do with these guys. Yep. And that feeling is going to get more mutual as they continue to lose. Um, look, they've not, they've lost five in a row. Um, and losing to Detroit as much as we as Lions fans don't want to acknowledge or admit it. We're not a good football team. We are certainly not perceived as a good football team. So when you lose to that, and Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game when he said, we can't lose that game to that team. Yeah, that's right. You can't. Um, and we'll take it. And yeah. we're happy about that. And that's that you're in your own way. You're real. You're indicting yourself and indicting your team. And there is not a good way to exit from that when you have been the way Aaron Rodgers has been um, the way he's over been. the last few months, <laughs> the <laughs> way he years, is. Really. Yeah. 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 He's, 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 he's hard for people to get along with. He doesn't want to get along with people. He's, he's a bit of a, a loner and doesn't, you know, want to play. And, and his only friend, it seems like right now is Lafleur. and that's not going to fly in a little bit. He's going to, he's going to burn the Lafleur. You watch, you watch. Those two are not going to like each other real soon. Mike or Mike, I stand with Chris and Riz. Don't make up lies about you guys. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother, looking out there and uh, some of the folks out talking some silly stuff out there that don't know what they're talking about. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about, and I don't want to know. No, no. It's just some nobody trying to make something into something. Um, do you think that the Lions are Never. keeping Boyle on the roster to groom as a coaching intern in the near future? Keeping him on the roster is inexplicable otherwise. It's possible. He is a good dude. Uh, He's a great guy. I, I, yeah. I, I personally like him. I just don't ever want to see him play quarterback again. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. He's not there to be a quarterback. That's that's for sure. It's not because of his his quarterback skills. Yeah. Um, um, he's he's on the practice squad. Nate Sudfeld is the backup. Um, so it's not. Look, the the quarterbacks. They're going to add a quarterback or two this offseason. We'll we'll get into that later. There's time for that later. Uh, but there, uh, there's no real point in cutting him because you're not going to find anybody that's better than him that knows the offense right now to run your practice squad team. So that's, uh, you know, it, it's more a case of who are you going to get? Like, do we want um, Jordan Tamu again? Like, nah, guy ain't good at either. Like, it, it, there's no point in making a change unless you absolutely have to, and there's no reason to to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a good one. When the Packers coach looks like a beta to the alpha quarterback, it's never a good look. Great way to lose leadership for the rest of the team. Um, Arizona, Kyler Murphy. Or Ky- oh my God, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Again, I'm dumb. Um, and uh, Kingsbury, right? Klingleberry. <laughs> Krinkleberry. Um, it is. It is. He's he's not going to laugh. Kingsbury's not going to last. I, I'm sorry. Murray's going to overrun him. The, the, that relationship is the coach always loses. The coach always loses in that one. When when the quarterback gets the what would he get two hundred forty million something like that? No, no, that was that was Deshaun. Kyler got like one eighty or something like that. It's 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 a lot of money. That's a lot more than they're paying Cliff, and that's more money than they would need to pay Cliff to go away. <laughs> um, and considering that Cliff couldn't win at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, it's probably Cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cliff's falling off one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He can go back to his evil lair. Steven Monville, leadership is influence. It seems like that's slipping away from Rodgers. Absolutely is. Absolutely yeah. is because he leads from a pedestal. He doesn't lead within his people. 
They listen to him. You trade for this. You do that. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the GM, thinks he's the coach. Cost Mike McCarthy his job more than likely. Um, he just thinks he is above everybody. And that doesn't fly when things aren't going well because you just put yourself as the key guy and things aren't going well. Now you're the reason. And then when you turn around and start blaming everybody else and you threw three interceptions and you choked out that whole entire game, they are going to throw you under the bus and you're seeing it. Fans, fans, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback for sure. Fans throwing him under the bus and then backing it up to make sure he's dead right now. It is crazy how fast a guy that's done so much for a team is getting thrown out by the, it, the fans. It, it, the fickle nature of fandom and, and winning. Like, what have you done for me lately, dude? Eddie, what have you done for me lately? For those of you who know Eddie Murphy Raw, please go watch it. It's great. <laughs> no, don't. don't. It's, it's, it's dated. It's, it, it's wildly <laughs> politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. But in 1986, when he walked out with the, the leather jumpsuit on. and I used to quote that and oh laugh at God. it and think it was the funniest thing in the world. And about six months ago, I went back to watch it and I couldn't make it past 10 minutes, dude. I really it's, it's, couldn't. It's very dated. I was like, holy. I, yeah. Like, I've changed way more than I ever knew. Way more than I ever knew. Wow. And I didn't know that it yeah, was even so, that bad. So, some of it is, is in the day and age we're in now is quite uncomfortable to watch. I'm like, oh, crap. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah when I was real. 15 when I'm, when I'm 50. Not so much. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So, the, the, the way that it changes, like, like two weeks ago, we're getting, we're getting comments on our podcast. Like, Dan's got to go. Like, yeah. the, this is hopeless. Now people are like, man, he just, he just bested Aaron Rodgers. Like, Let's playoffs, man. We're like we we win against the Bears. We're no more than one game out of the wild card spot. <laughs> y- y'all, y'all got to find a rudder, man, because your boat's going all over the harbor. Yep, yep. And it's it's the thing with time. And then people say we've been waiting sixty years. No, you haven't. You made a season and a half with this regime. It's completely different. It's a completely different. Thing. We had a Ford ownership. They don't know. It's not like the Fords haven't been spending. I was at. Um, when I was in um, on my work trip, I was at the bar uh, one night, the hotel bar, and two people, one from Rochester Hills, one from Plymouth, um, were at the bar in another state. And I was like, holy cow. So we started talking. The Lions came up. And the one guy just starts saying, yeah, the, the Ford, they're just too involved. They're just too involved with this team. They're doing too much. And um, like, and, and, and the, 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 the players, they, they, they just can't draft. They, they, and, and the guy's just talking like, like he has no idea. I, I just immediately was like, okay, never mind. I'm not talking lions. I'm just drinking beer uh, and, and ignored the rest of the conversation with them. People just are all over the place, man. It's all over the place. Just it's been, it's not been 60 years. It's been a season and a half. The Fords are not, the Fords have spent money like crazy. The Fords are not the reason. I think, you know, there's reasons they hired Millen. There's other things that happened and mistakes that have been made. I don't see the Fords making those mistakes right now. If you're believing the, the 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 voodoo and the hoodoo and the juju, fine, that's cool. If you're if you're a luck person, that's that's your thing. I, I kind of don't go that route. Um, I think you've got a new regime, new people, and you got to see what they're going to do. Three years. If in if three years you do your evaluation, you see what you got, and if it looks like it's going to work, cool. Um, Ash is a big. You'll know if the rebuild is working after two years. I think he's right. I think though you're two years plus this draft because I think. Um, this team was starting at like less than zero when Patricia and uh, Quinn were gone. So I, I, I that's kind of where I'm at. You know, you have a whole team full of rookies. You know, you have a brand new coach. 
a guy who's going to learn. I think we're seeing growth and learning from Coach Campbell this season, just in clock management. And, and we'll get to the fourth down decisions versus play calls here in a second. But just how he's changed his style and what he's learned about managing games in just this season alone. We've seen significant growth out of the coach. I think we're we're seeing all the right things happen. We're seeing teams play really close. Close sucks. I know. We beat the Packers. We did it. The defense was the star of the show. Notice we didn't even talk about the offense. We went we reviewed the game because the offense was complete ass. It was like what 130 yards for golf all day. It was terrible. Swift being back was great. It was nice to see him play and play hard. That was something we were certainly watching. Um, <laughs> insider Until slag he giggle. didn't play. <laughs> insider <laughs> slag giggle. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there, there, you know that, that's the way it is. But that defense really, really stood up. That defense stood up this week, and we saw some serious change out of them, and they did some good stuff. What's next? What's going to happen against Chicago? We'll talk about that a little bit. But there's a difference in how this team is being led. Versus the Green Bay Packers. There's a difference in how the, the the locker room is handling losses in Detroit than how it's handling the losses in Green Bay. Green Bay is about to just turn into a massive tire fire in a dumpster. I mean, it's going to be the worst of all worlds. The Lions are holding together. They have plenty of players coming out that are out there giving their heart and soul for a team that's got two wins on the season. There's a big difference in where the, the direction and the trajectory of these teams and the leadership on these teams. And look, if you have it, you have it. But you know with this regime, we're going to get the most out of those players. And that's what we're going to see. And that's all you can ask. Get the most out of the talent you have. And that's if that's good enough, great. If you don't have the talent and, and, the, and their most isn't good enough, maybe it's time to move on. We're seeing that this team can develop young talent. We're seeing that. We saw, we saw Derek Barnes just play his best game. We're seeing the ascension of Kirby Joseph, of Josh Pascal. Ali McNeil had a pretty solid game. Um, still not having the pass rush impact that I think we'd like for him to do. He's playing pretty good football in the middle of that field. Yeah. And benching Michael Brockers has worked. Uh, that, that's that's not a coincidence that the defensive gotten better when he's not playing, when he's a healthy scratch. You're seeing progress from Alex Anzalone. He, he was the best Lions defender against Miami. He had another pretty solid game this week. Like, that's... That's 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 very strange to me. Um, and as somebody noted on Twitter, um, that with the the anal zone misspelling jersey, which is just great. <laughs> I, I gotta bring that because that was great. But you're seeing like Deshaun Elliott is figuring his way out at safety. You're seeing progress from Will Harris. Um, obviously, later in his career arc than we would like. But he's playing. He's he hasn't been awful. Like and, and again, Sunday he was great. He was great, Chris. It was yeah. it was yeah. it was great to see. And you're also seeing progress on the offensive side of the ball. To go real quick to it, they got rid of T.J. Hawkinson. James Mitchell caught his first touchdown pass. Same Shane Shane Zilstra. Easy for me to say. Yeah, yeah. Wonder, <laughs> caught his first touchdown pass with his brother on the sideline. That, that, by the way, is a fantastic story. I wrote about that uh, at Lions Wire. Check that out there because we don't. Yep. We won't. We, we got other things to talk about here. But you, you are seeing progress. Jonah Jackson had another strong game. I think this was Frank Ragnow's best game at center that I've seen in some time. Um, and I'll be honest, I have not looked at the PFF grades other than I know that Jerry did well and I know that Kirby did very, very well. Yep. Um, I, but I'm, I'm going to guess that. That was probably Ragnall's best game in the last four or five weeks. Kirby, 83. Um, Jacob, 75.3. Um, who were who we looking for? Sorry, you said. Um, uh, Frank Ragnall. Rags. He got 74.2 this week. 
Well, that's that's definitely better than he has been. Yep. Um, look, look, Taylor Decker did not have a great game. Uh, in fact, in the the final two or three drives of the first half, he was downright awful. Sixty four point one. I don't know this. I'm going to say that his back and groin uh, is bothering him probably more than he or the Lions let on, mm-hmm. um, because he's a guy. Look, he 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 wins with his length. He's six foot eight. He's legitimately six eight too, guys. Yeah. Yes, he when, is. when and when he can't move the way he does, like he's not he's not a guy who wins with quickness to begin with. And if that quickness gets gets nullified by by injury, it's going to be a problem for him. The issue that they had last week was that Matt Nelson, who would be the the tackle, was out. He's out too. Um, and as as much as we like Dan Skipper and we're you know charter members of the Dan Skipper fan club here, um, he's not. You're starting left tackle. If you are, you're in a lot of trouble. So I, I, I'm not going to get on Decker too much. He needs to play better. And if he can't, they do have to find a way to mitigate that. Um, whether it's playing Dan Skipper as your heavy tight end when they did that a lot. By the way, Dan Skipper lining up as the wide receiver with, with Kaylee Raymond, who is 11 inches short. No, 13 inches shorter than him next to him. That was a visual that even on the All-22 was like, oh, my God, this is, this is great. <laughs> hey, it was like watching Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is not tall either. Hey, remind the new age. I heard DLP mentioned on the 97, the one, the ticket today, y'all blowing up. What what they say? That's awesome. That, that's cool. That is good. I, I hope it was my guy, Jim Costa, who I uh, – um, by the way, thank you to everybody in West Michigan and, and people who know Jim and myself. We're still very good friends, even though we – Two years ago yesterday was when uh, ESPN Radio pulled the plug on 96.1 in Grand Rapids. Um, they're no longer ESPN Radio. It's now um, the game. Um, I am now part of that again. It took some time off. I'm, I'm uh, in with Huge. I was there last Friday. I'll be there this Friday. I was on the radio yesterday. It's, it's a nice way to bounce back. But Jim Jim Costa, I'm, I'm going to give it up for my guy. He Classic. fell off, man. He fell into his dream job at the ticket. Uh, and I know he's doing a great job there. It's, it's I, I cannot thank him enough for all the broadcasting help and advice and development that he gave to me because he didn't need to do that. Like we'll go back in time when that job first opened, he and I were the two finalists for it. And normally that makes it an adversarial position. He didn't see it that way. I think he was pretty confident he was better than me and he was right. Um, and he saw it as an opportunity to do something. And we wound up doing the Sunday morning show together at his request, like he basically came to me and was like, hey, let's let's do this. I want to do this with you. And it, it wound up being a great thing. We won a Michigan uh, Association. Bro. I have an MAB award. Um, it's not in this room, but I, I do have one, um, which is pretty <laughs> damn awesome. And, and I have Jim Costa to thank for that. And also Brendan Riley, who is now a program director in Houston on their sports radio. He, he was our producer for that show. He fell up as well. Um, I'd like to think that I haven't fallen back. Um, and this, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm pretty much enjoying this podcast part of it. And I didn't get to do that back in the day. So it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it's great. Dude. So that, that was, it was, it was a fun anniversary of that ending um, because that was a very sad day. I will never forget. Get, uh, I was literally just getting into my car when Jim called me and said, don't come in. Um, and I'm like, why? He's like, because the station doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. That is the cold reality of this media business. And it's a very difficult, it's a, like, so I like I wear a lot of different hats. And one of the reasons I do is because it gives you fallback. Like if this falls through, I still got this. If this falls through, I still got the, a lot of us in, the, in trying to make a living doing this for a living. That's redundant. 
um, th- we have to do that just because you never know. Like you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. It's uh, a difficult way. So thanks. Thanks for letting me indulge me on that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so someone, uh, let, call or let them know about the podcast that the Fox clocks weren't saying. Appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Whoever called in and did that. Thank you. You are a rock star. Appreciate it. I mean, uh, it's all about, you know, friends talking about you, people telling others about us, and that's the biggest compliment you give. So thank you folks for doing that. Uh, is Brandy still broadcasting anywhere? I do love Lomas, but Brandy was the best. Absolutely. Brandy will be on on our uh, St. Jude show. Uh, we'll talk to him. Brandy's one of my all-time heroes, uh, radio heroes. I have a couple, you know, there's a couple people who are really, really, really good at what they do, and, and Brandy's one of them. And uh, we'll He is, he is not currently broadcasting. He did do, and I just heard this, he did an audio ver- an audio book version of his book about um, all the interviews that he did inside Michigan Stadium, and, and it's it's basically a tribute to the Big House yep. um, and all the, the the things that he's encountered. He just recorded the audio of it. It's up for sale. It's on his personal website, and I I want to say this in brainstander.com. I don't know that if you Google it and Google the book, you'll get it. It's it's like Voices of the Big House or something like that. Um, but he he's very proud of it. I heard him do a radio interview not too long ago. Uh, so that that's what he's been up to. And he's got a podcast that he does as well, which is always he's got some really, really good stuff going on. Um, we'll talk to you. This one's shut down. Someone asked Don H. Uh, may have missed it, but when he started accepting donations for St. Jude, very, 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 very shortly. Um, hold on to your hat. Give me two days <laughs> and we'll have it up. I've, I've got to get uh, one thing done from St. Jude and we'll, we'll start. So um, we'll we'll tweet it. And then we'll cover it in uh, some of the the shows as well, like Scott's show and some of the other stuff that we have going on. Um, yeah, Miss Brandy for sure, Bruce. Brandy was um, he's for me. He he was home. He's the guy that when I moved to California, um, put on the radio and the lions out in the uh, garage while I was making beer, and just to have Brandy and 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 Dan on the radio while I was, I was like really old timey, you know, kind of like have the ball game on the radio, whatever. But it it took me because I mean I moved my whole family picked up and moved to where we knew nobody. And I was just kind of doing my thing alone in the garage and to be able to be pulled back to where I grew up in my home. It was, it was very, very nice. They were my, my, my anchor to, to where I was from. So, uh, Brandy and, and Dan will always have a warm, warm place in my heart. All right. Let's talk about fourth down decisions versus play calls. Let me really quick. Let me hit amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there. Anytime you're going to buy something from the Amazon, use that. And uh, they give us a little kickback, take it away from bald old, be- bald old Bezos, put a little pe- couple pennies in our pocket instead of his. And it uh, doesn't cost you any more. Uh, it just helps the show and helps us keep doing what we're doing. we got some senior bowl stuff coming up that it's going to mean it's always expensive every year, but we love it. Um, we don't just go in the lions are there. We're there every year. Riz, we, we're not going to talk about it just yet, but there's some multiple coverages we're talking about going on now. There's some really cool, I think, stuff coming together. So we'll talk about all of that. But uh, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com is a great way to uh, support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. Also, Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Any of your Lions gear, Michigan gear, Michigan State gear, Red Wings gear, Pistons gear, it's all there. And they do the same thing. They give us a little cut. It doesn't cost you any more. And that's a great way to do it. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Thank you for indulging me in all those things. Fourth down decisions versus play calls. <clears throat> and Riz, my, my voice is starting to really strain here. Yeah, but I hear you. Let me um, set this so up really quick. Please do. There's the, should we go for it or not in fourth down? That's on one half of the equation. On the other half of the equation is, okay, we're going to go for it. 
what are we going to do? What player are we going to call? And sometimes, I mean, it requires two good decisions. And sometimes we're maybe getting one or maybe one. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is something, and I fight with people on Twitter about this all the time. So, I actually did a little bit of behind the scenes research. Um, I talked to a couple of people who are employed by analytical forces. Chris, you know one of them. Um, he used to have a lot of hair and now he doesn't. Um <laughs> That, that, there's your clue on who I talk to. Um, uh, so, and, and I, one of the things that I wanted to know was when they, they're giving the win probability things for like, okay, it's, you know, it's fourth and two at the 37 yard line. And it's a, you're down by four. Do you kick the field goal? Do you go for it? And, and based on your decision, they alter the, the alleged win probability for the team based on whether you would make it or not. And that's sort of the crux of the analytics of the situation. It does take into account the, the down and distance, the game score, the time of the game, um, and, and those sorts of things. And in that capacity, Dan Campbell is making the right decision a lot more than he's not. And he's making it a lot more than most coaches do from, from a pure analytical standpoint and adding win probability on, by by making a fourth down decision, Dan Campbell is either the best or the second best coach in the NFL at that. That's that's independent of the plays that are called. And th- this is where I get into it with people is because if you're making that decision, but then you're making a shit call, then you didn't make the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> and we've seen too much of that. And that's that's kind of where... I went with it. Um, and one of the things that I talked to, and, and this is the example that I used when I brought it up to a couple of different people. I'm like, okay, it's fourth and three from your own 47 yard line. And you have, but you are the lions and you've got Jared Goff as your quarterback and you've got Jamal Williams as your running back and your wide receivers don't really scare anybody outside of Amon Ra. <laughs> That's a different situation than, and, so the way I really framed it, I, I went extremes. You you need two yards on fourth down to make it. It's a different te- it's a different decision if you have Nick Chubb running behind Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, the best guards in the league in Cleveland, like and, and your quarterback can run a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than it is if you're if you're Tampa Bay with their interior line du jour because they have so many injuries, you never know who's playing for them. Leonard Fournette, who is the worst running back in the NFL, like it's a different situation. Like you're smart if you make that call. If you're Cleveland, if you're if you're if you're Tampa Bay, like his greatest that that's a terrible play call. Like yeah. this is not what you do. And I think that that gets lost too much on the people who are so hung up on making the right analytical decision that you're forgetting the play call decision. And I was and I'll transfer this. I think Ben Johnson gets too caught up in the analytical part of the decision and doesn't have good enough plays on fourth down. Yeah. And that's what's really pissing me off. And I'll go to the one. I'll, I'll, I'll let you suck on your Ludens here for a second. The play where they went for it on fourth on the first drive. Okay. They shifted it into an empty set. Empty means that you don't have to worry about the run, which means that both of your defensive ends are going to come screaming off the edge at at Jared Goff. What does Jared Goff not do? One, he can't move very well. Two, he doesn't handle pressure very well. You are asking the defense to pressure him from areas where he's not going to be comfortable. One, One thing with that also, sorry, I just want to jump in. 
and you know that the hot route is the route that you have to cover. They're not, he's not right. going further than five yards. If you're, you, you, you come on hard. If you see nobody in the backfield and you're a cornerback, you get down there and you blast that guy off the line. You beat the snot out of him and you've disrupted the entire play. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. He went, he did get to a second progression somehow to Tom Kennedy. So he's, his, his identified receiver on that play is a five foot nine slot receiver who doesn't play much. And you're trying to throw over the line, over two linebackers in between a closing safety to a tiny receiver. That's your play. That's awful. Like, yes, you probably did make the, the correct decision to go for it. If that's your play, you didn't make the right decision. Right. Kick the damn field goal. Right. Yep. We still won, and that's great and wonderful and appreciate that. But you're absolutely right. The play call is just as important as the decision. And that's and that's, that, and that's right. where they're dropping the ball. And that, by the way, is not Dan Campbell. That's Ben Johnson. If you're going to blame the fourth down mistakes – it, a lot of it is – there was another one. It wasn't in this game. It was uh, Dallas. I, th- I want to say it was the Dallas game. Maybe I, – I don't remember. But it was a, a game where they went forward. I think it was fourth and seven. And they ran three pass routes, and none of them went deeper than four yards. That's – that's what are you doing? And I, 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 want, I want to shake them. So I, I want to <laughs> – Shake them like it, a baby. it drives me crazy because because and then the analytics people are like, oh well, they made the right decision. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're you. If you kick the field goal on that first drive, that last Packers drive doesn't mean anything because they're nine points behind. There ain't a nine point play in the game. If you, Not kick, that I'm aware of anyway. If you <laughs> kick the field goal and instead of using your kicker, you choose to use Taylor Decker. You've made the wrong play call. Even if kicking the field goal was the right thing to do, you screwed yourself by putting the wrong guy in charge of the ball at that point. And that's effectively, right. you know, the, the analogy to what we're doing with these fourth down plays. Now, this isn't an indictment entirely on um, on Ben Johnson. He's a brilliant young mind. This is his first year as, as an offensive coordinator. He shouldn't have to have this many fourth down plays, to be honest with you. And I don't think anybody would scheme and build a playbook and a play sheet for this many. Now, by this time in the year, I think maybe his play sheet should have a couple more fourth down, uh, fourth and five, fourth and three, fourth and one kind of plays on it. But this is um, this was this is not a, not his his strong point. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and and some of it is again. Third down plays haven't been that good. Uh, again, if you're, this is something that we complained about in the Stafford era when Joe Lombardi, who is now ruining the Chargers, was ruining the Lions' offense. Yep. yep. You run four receivers on fourth and or third and ten, and not one of them goes beyond four yards down the field. That's just stupid. Uh, and we are seeing that from Ben Johnson. And 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 you just said it. He's a rookie play caller. This is his first year as an offensive coordinator. We have to have faith that he's going to learn because if he doesn't, that's going to be a problem. But he's so yeah, good in year one as a rookie, though. He's learned so much to get to that point. I guarantee yeah. Ben Johnson is going to continue to improve. There's yeah. no question so so for all the people that, that do argue with me on, on Twitter and uh, then they, they take it into the slack at times too. And now look, mm-hmm. I, I just want you to acknowledge that if you're not running a good play, it has to impact the weight of the decision. 
Um, uh, this is, and we did have this conversation in the Slack. Actually, I, I wound up taking it private because it was starting to get heated. Like, th- there's, you've got to make both decisions right. And if you're not making either one of, if, if one of them is wrong, then they're both wrong. And Dan Campbell has to take that into account. And the analytical models have to take that into account. One, one of the things that I asked the person that you know was how much do they take in, into account the personnel that's on the field and the, the situational success of plays that have been run in that? It's like they, they do factor that in, but it's, it's not like they don't know what personnel is going to be on defense. They don't know if the defense is going to come with a zero blitz or what, what the defense is going to do. It's, it's independent of that. And so I actually got into the nuts and bolts of it. I'm like, well, can they do they have enough time on the play clock, even when it's extended the way it was in this past weekend? Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Fox. Do they have enough time to process all that when when they see the defense that's on the field and maybe get tipped off of it? And it's like, hell no. Um, so you're stuck then at the mercy of your play being better than the defensive call and your personnel being better than the defensive personnel that's on the field to execute it. And that's where I think that the Lions are a little bit too overconfident in going for it on fourth down. Yeah. And on, on the first drive of the game, uh, I, I think I saw somebody in the comments say this, take the points. Yeah, I, I want I want three is better than zero. It's not as good as seven, but I'm I'm gonna I will split that, I will hedge that bet and take the three every time. Yeah. That, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's clearly not Dan Campbell, but that that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, no play caller is perfect. The way I see it, Ben Johnson has been the most promising offensive coordinator we've had here in Detroit, and, and, and I can't I would remember. Agree with that. I can't remember. It's been a long time since we've had someone that good. Who was um, Schwartz's? I can't line the hand. Line the hand is probably an exciting yeah. one from way back yeah. when. Mike, Mike Martz was fun, but Mike, my, Mike, I'll never forget Mike Martz saying every play is designed to score a touchdown. Yeah. When they asked him what he was going to call on third and one, he's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Every play is designed to score a touchdown. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's wild. It worked for a little while. <laughs> And then it didn't. Mike, Mike Martz was awesome. He was just a little late in, in, in arriving here. The NFL had moved on. But all right, um, Kevin, this is a good one. The Lions can uh, try and win every single game and still successfully tank. There you go. All right. Um, I want to go ahead. Let's get to really quick. Since you're here, if you don't mind hitting the like button, we'd appreciate that. We thank you for doing that. It's easy. You're watching the show. You spend a little time with us. It's, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. It helps us out a great deal. Uh, if, if you find what you like. Hit subscribe, hit the bell. We do, we go live again with this week. We went a little bit, we went a day earlier than normal. Things change around a little bit because the schedules, my work has been absolutely nuts. That's why we had a couple uh, shows not pop up there for a while, but we're back in the groove. We're here and we got a lot going on. So um, yeah, hit the subscribe button, please hit the like button, please. We appreciate when you do that. That helps us out a lot. And uh, thank you for doing that. We only ask once per show. So we don't want to bother you and beat you over the head with it. Like the, the YouTube thing. Today. By the way, speaking of, of schedules, I have a, a I have, and this is this is very targeted micro micro marketing here. I have four tickets to the Five Finger Death Punch concert in Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena tomorrow night. I cannot use them. I would um, so take also, those. <laughs> I would so take those. If, if you want them, if if you're in the Slack, hit me on a DM there. Um, if not, DM me on Twitter. I'll I, I will look before I go to bed. I don't normally look at the unsolicited DMs if if. If I don't follow you, sorry, I just don't. I I don't need that aggravation in my life. But uh, hit me up. I, I they're they're free. I'll give them away. I can't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not the best seats, but you're in the arena. Um, and uh, I, unfortunately, I, I I can't use them. I have another obligation that also superseded doing the show tomorrow. That's why we're doing it on Tuesday. So uh, that's uh, if if you want that, um, they're yours. 
Um, I'd, I'd love it if, if I could give all four away at once. If not, you'll meet new friends. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's look ahead to the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> let's talk about uh, what we need to see in this game. This is an interesting game. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Miami in uh, the Fields and Tua thing. But let's start out first. Um, this is going to be a, a, a thread for me that goes on and carries on. We need to continue to see improvement in game management. We're seeing it. I like what we're seeing, yeah. but we cannot regress. We need to see our coach continue to grow. I think that's an important part of uh, what we see this year and what we take away from this season. And I don't think you would disagree with that, Riz. No, I, I, we have seen real progress in not just like the, but like the end of quarter or end of half time management decision making on that. Yeah. I, th- I thought Dan Campbell did a very nice job of that in the last game. Great job at the end That's of the half. Progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need that. Um, right. And that, like you said, that can't regress. That's something that he has to keep doing because he was not good at it last year, was not good at it early this year. He's learning. He's evolving. That's what you want. You, you don't want a finished product when you get like, you, it just doesn't happen. He's making changes and you are seeing performance differential. You can't ask for anything more. Yes. You heard about it from Patricia before. Oh, yeah, we're going to change this. We're going to put someone. Car, uh, Caldwell's wearing two watches, has a guy in the booth, did nothing changed, right? We are seeing progression from our coach. He's young. He's a rookie. We have a bunch of rookies in the field. This progression, I'll keep saying it. This is what we want to see. This, These things, the trajectory heading the right way. Earlier this year, we talked about it about four weeks ago. It felt like the development was pausing from a coaching perspective and from a player perspective. They shook some things up. They self-diagnosed that 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 path is is changing. The trajectory is going back up. It's what you need to see. The, the ability to self-scout and improve and make changes that improve and have an, a direct effect are key. Um, we didn't expect playoffs this year. We didn't expect you know Super Bowls this year. We expected to take a young team and continue to get better. And I think we're two wins ahead of where we were last season at this point. So we got that going for us, which is nice. That's true. <laughs> and I hadn't thought of that until you just said it, but you're absolutely right. That's, oh, man. So there's an improvement. That, 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 that's a mixed emotion salad right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we'll see what's going on. And we've had the second hardest strength of schedule in the NFL so far this season, which is incredible to me. We were, we were a last place team. We were second overall draft pick. How in the hell did we wind up with one of the most difficult schedules? It, it's like, and, and how many times did we look at the schedule before the season and say, oh, that's an easy one. Oh, that's marking off. And then here we are playing all, all winning teams except for the Packers. Um, this is crazy. It's crazy, man. I can't believe it. So, okay, that kind of improvement we want to see. We want to see the defense. I want to see the defense play like they did this last week. Um, Aaron Rodgers is mobile. Not as mobile as he used to be eight years ago, but still definitely a mobile quarterback. He was able to get yards. Um, that, that's going to be – we're going to get gashed by these kind of quarterbacks. I, I really want to see pressure and contain. And, I, and And it feels like you have to have one versus the other. But we just can't. Let, Fields is the one guy that that'll hurt you. I mean, Dan Campbell said it. You know, he went home Sunday night to have a beer, and he said it was all great until he saw how many yards that uh, Fields got on the ground. Right? Um, that, NFL rushing record for a quarterback in a single game. Yeah. And now we're playing. The, he's playing the Lions, who could very well yeah. allow him to break that same record. Yeah. This is a big. This is a big point of emphasis for this defense, and they just have to be able to contain him. I will just say for all of you who have bagged on Justin Fields for a long time, go back and watch the last three, two or three games he's played. He's a different, better quarterback now. 
the narrative that you wrote on him as of being a bust is is as null as calling Aiden Hutchinson a bust at this point. Yeah. Like he's he's improving. What what do we talk about all the time? Good coaches put good players. They ask good players to do what they're good at. Often, yep. the Bears have figured that out. Now he's got a crap supporting cast. Other than Darnell Mooney, their wide receivers don't really scare me. Um, Cole Komet, a tight end, he's he's good. He's a weapon. He's going to be a problem. Yep. Their line is not great. It's not it's not as awful I th- as I think a lot of us perceived it would be, but it's still not great. But man, his, his, and he is making throws and he's not just winning with his legs. One of the reasons why he's winning more with his legs is because he is throwing better and you've got to respect that a little bit now. And it's making the, the defensive backs play off a little bit. And that's, it's going to be a challenge. The Lions can absolutely win this game, but it's going to take them. It's going to take another really strong game from Anzalone. Um, hopefully we get Rodrigo back. We'll see. He hyperextended his elbow. It sounds like he's not going to practice on Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, from what I understand, he's going to wind up having the brace on like what J.J. Watt has worn for the last few years. Yeah. And that that's that's different when you're a linebacker because he's not – one of the things it does, it immobilizes, so you can't really get a lot of strength when you reach with this. I don't know how feasible it is that he's going to play. Hopefully Derek Barnes is up for the challenge. He was last week. Derek Barnes played a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Yeah. But you, you've got to be able to to contain Rush um, because we know Aaron Glenn doesn't like using a spy. How, how are they looking at linebacker over there? Well, see, their best linebacker is in Baltimore. Their second best linebacker <laughs> is where did they where, where, did they both go to Baltimore? I don't know. One of them went, went Roquan went to Baltimore, right? Or did was that Quinn? I can't keep track. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're, they're not good. Yeah. Yeah. They're in trouble. They're, they're, that's our opportunity. This is it. This is it, Jared Goff. This is your chance. And this is the, the next piece, uh, piece I have as far, as far as the offense needs to perform. Jared Goff needs to step up. He needs to hit his receivers. We, we, it, it can't be the interceptions, the crucial interceptions, and it can't be the, that the interception missing last guys. week was as bad of a throw as you're ever going to see. Yeah. And Green Bay absolutely baited him into it and he, bit hard mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's he's a walleye at the bottom of the boat on that and that, <laughs> that that crap keeps happening to jared goff and it's I, I dare say that's getting worse it's not getting better and that is a very real problem for this yeah. team yeah definitely something to watch this is a pivotal week for jared goff and uh look he can pull this out he has the ability this team has the ability it's whether they pull up and perform and that's the big one that's the big one nope. so there we go all right nope. Um, we talked about seatbelt gang, talked about Amazon Phoenix. I'll just punch you guys one more time with the like and subscribe. Please do that. We appreciate when you do that. My, my throat is about dead Riz. I'm, I'm dying over here. I think we're it's about time there. to call it. So, uh, we, 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 we've been talking at you for a very long time. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you liking and subscribing and feedbacking with us and like just being part of the, the Detroit Lions podcast family. Like, <laughs> Calling 97.1 and talking about us. That's great. <laughs> appreciate you guys. We do appreciate that. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, great, I, great, great. You know, it, it's great for all of you who have found us through the huge show. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, I know Bill has uh, um, generously offered to do a couple things for us down the line, and we're going to take him up on that. Yeah, so you will he's an awesome get dude. a little bit more crossover on that, which is cool. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, 
All right. Remember, don't forget us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. We refer to the Slack as the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, and we refer to the Slack where some of the, as it's called, Chris Dust and Riz Dust gets passed. Um, oh, we were right, too. How about yeah. that? <laughs> we, talk about, we talk about sources. Sometimes people get a little, little janky about it, but the people in the Slack know all, a lot more than we share publicly, and they know the quality of the sources, and that's all we need. That's all we need. Slack, as little as $5 a month to Patreon gets you access to the Slack. Great, great group of people. It's like a, a, a your own online mini family and uh, great conversations about the Lions and just about everything else out there. It's it's a great, great group. And, and just quick shout out to everyone in the Slack. Thank you for being you guys. You guys are a real special bunch. Love you guys. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast and at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled right there. DET Lions podcast, best place to see us hanging pants free. And also give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Nine drinks says it, hurricane coming. It's just another one. What are you going to do? Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast, because when you do, what happens? It's a come into your ear holes automatically. That's great. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. You've had enough of that shit. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.